See? I can still hear it. Hear what? Because you're hitting your palm. Oh, it's that finger hitting yeah. the palm. <laughs> Shut up, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> and that sound, ladies and gentlemen, is Len, Len figuring out how a snap works. Uh, yeah, the thing that you do with your fingers. Yeah. Oh. I never realized that. I, I swear to God, I never realized that. I never oh, thought about it. You're adorable. I never thought about it. So for those listening at home, I was just making fun of the fact that there's a meme saying, how many years old were you when you realized that when you snap, it isn't your fingers making the sound against each other. It's the finger hitting the palm that makes the snap. Uh, and I was like, who didn't know that? And then Len, Len had an epiphany today. I don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> if anyone is wondering, Len is pretty much doing like the Spider-Man like thwip. He's keeps yeah, trying just, to. He's gently. If I tap my finger to my. Okay. I don't but think they can hear snap. it. That's you know why they snap, can't hear it? Because that's fingers, not the sound. Because that's the sound. It's the, it's the fingers. Yeah. I really think it's the fingers. I really don't think it's the palm. I think oh, it's the fingers. Leonard. All right. It's because you hear, you feel it. Hey, let me ask you this. Growing up, did anyone ever call you Len Nerd? <laughs> What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gotta Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta Talk! <laughs> I'm Johnny Destructo. With us this week is... Yo, what's up? I'll let you rip, uh, boy. This is Len the Bat Tribble. And, and yay, it's Brandon. Otherwise, a.k.a. Chattish Brandino Tribble, I think. That, yeah, wow. Good. For, oh, right, and I'm the Thwip Tribble. Yeah. I mean, you Did you say the Bad Tribble? I always do. Oh, did you? Um, it's all just like, you know how you, you do the alphabet, and then at a certain point you just go L, M, N, P? Yeah. It's all one, one yeah, letter? That's what we are. That's what you are, yeah. Um, all right, thank you so much for joining us. We are here at 4327 Main Street. It's Johnny Destructo's here. He's still snapping. I'm going to be He's snapping snappin'. all day. I'm going to disprove oh, this. Snapper car over here. <laughs> um, so it's been a minute, Leonard. Yes, it has. It has. Um... And I can't, I got a ticket. It's been me. I've been busy. Huh? Life happens. Yeah. I'm I've glad been, you're still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Just crazy busy. Just running around doing stuff for the, um, for, for, for life. Yeah. I got some emails. Let's get right into our emails. But first, before we get into said emails, the aforementioned emails that I just said. Yes. I want to give a shout out to Mo Poplar, who has been writing into the show for a couple years now, I think, right? Yes, he has. Yes, is he, he has. He's a triple designation. Do you remember it? He is, oh boy. Uh, Paul Robeson triple, I believe. I don't get that reference. What's that? Paul Robeson is a historic black actor from the 30s and 40s. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, Mo came, um, Mo Poplar came in and uh, hung out with me at the shop. Yep. We chitted, we chatted. It was dope. It was real nice to meet him. Thank you so much for swinging by, man. That was awesome. Uh, I keep wanting to call you Mo Pops. Does anyone call you Mo Pops? Because I like that's a that's a cute name. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I saw that he was hanging out with you guys. Yeah, he came up and hung out with uh, the Tribbles. Um, he went to the Marvel exhibit that Friday ah. with with Randy. I want to go see that. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's yeah. pretty dope. Down thing. at the at the Franklin Institute. Yeah. Uh, then he recorded. Uh, he actually interviewed. Uh, myself and Vince uh, the Michelle Mission for a very top secret documentary that he's working mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So we, we had a fun weekend with, with Mo Pops. Yeah, so th- I'm so glad you got the swing by, man. It was great talking to you. 
I hope you're doing well. I can't wait to see more about that documentary. Yeah, he's good people. Yeah. So uh, Black Panther Keeps Winning Plus Zombies is the name of the email. It's from 10,000 Worlds, uh, Rodolfo. Uh, Messieurs Len, JD, and company, I hope you're all having a lovely spring. Let me be the 100th nerd to <laughs> burst into the shop yelling, Guys, guys, have you seen? Black Panther was nominated for a Hugo Award for both the movie and the comic. I've really enjoyed the treatment this character has received in the hands of high-caliber creatives from writer Christopher Priest to costume designer Ruthie Carter and the accolades his most recent incarnations have received are well-deserved. Here's hoping Marvel is smart enough to keep putting Wakanda under the care of artists who love and respect the concept. On a completely unrelated, unrelated note, dot, 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 Remembering what JD said earlier about the state of contemporary zombie fiction, I wanted to let you know about a show I've just finished enjoying. Kingdom. Mm. It takes place in feudal era Korea, so you get sword fights, palace intrigue, cool old-timey hats, which I could never pull off, plus zombies. Automatic weapons are centuries away, so the mow em all down tactic isn't on the table. It's also refreshing to see people with less of an independent survivalist mentality and more of a problem-solving mindset. The show has its share of selfish humans, but there are also plenty of people who, from the beginning, try to figure out how zombies work and how to keep the plague from spreading. Oh, and the zombies are creepy. Extra creepy? with a side of creepy. All the best, Rodolfo, 10,000words.org. Thank you so much, Rodolfo. Um, I do not know Kingdom. Leonard, do I, you? I think I've heard of it, but I'm not sure where it's available. Oh, that's oh, that's a good question. Yeah, because he, he didn't put that in this email. Um, if only there were a site I could go to to Google these things. And we had somebody to go to said site looks while like, we were talking and entertaining like our audience. Oh, Brandon, yay! Yeah, it looks like it's on Netflix. Great. Ooh, interesting people in it. And if this is the right show. Yeah, I mean, on here I searched Kingdom Show, and it says available on Netflix and Hulu. Does it okay, look, well, who are the people? Does that it look Asian and zombie That's what I'm not sure about. Oh, yeah, it says it is a Netflix. It is Netflix's first original Korean series, which Dope. premiered January 25th, 2019. Nice. Oh, so it's brand All new. Right, cool. Oh, cool. So, I never thought I would say this, because people have been saying this way before me. Mm-hmm. They've gone, oh, I'm so tired of the zombie thing, blah, blah, blah. And I go, what are you talking about? It's a subgenre of horror. You're going to be tired. You're going to be tired of, like, uh, evil dolls? You're going to be tired of uh, vampires? No, it's a subgenre of horror. It's not a... I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of zombies right now. Um, there's another show, Black Summer. I believe that's what it's called on Netflix. And it's, a, I didn't realize when I was watching it, a TV show. Right. A Netflix serialized drama about zombies. And uh, I, I got about two episodes in. And it's very kinetically paced. It's very interestingly put together, the way they're sort of interweaving these different characters uh, into meeting each other mm-hmm. that seem disparate at, at a certain point. They all come to come together. I still don't care. Uh, I'm just kind of tired of zombies right now. Uh, until I see something. There's one out there that I kind of want to see. It's a British zombie musical comedy. A British musical? Yeah. Uh, I forget what it's called. I'm sure someone's screaming out their iPod right what now. What is it? Shaun of the Dead, the musical? No, that'd be awesome. Because uh, <laughs> I do love Shaun of the Dead. It's probably one of my top three favorite zombie movies of all time. Is it Anna and the Apocalypse? Anna and the Apocalypse. We need him around all the time. This is amazing. So, um, yay! I got a job. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, eventually, maybe I'll check it out. The last really good zombie movie I did see was Train to Busan. Mm. 
and that was really good. Um, actually got me in my feels at the end there. I was literally like uh, choked up. Really? So it was actually really effective. Yeah, this is a good question. Like the last good zombie movie to me that I've seen, I don't know. Yeah. Just, Maybe Z Nation. Is that the one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. And they're sort of like just like this virus wave. Right. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't tend to gravitate to a lot of them. Yeah. Just because, you know, all right, I, I kind of get the beat of what's going on there. Yeah. The, for the longest time, I was like, oh, I love zombie movies. They're so much fun. Um, but I think I've seen, but by this point, I feel like I've seen everything there is to be seen until they like really break some boundaries. So right. that being said, as tired I, as I am of the zombie sub genre, the Zandra, that's no, not going to work. Um, Deceased came out last week from DC Comics. And if you do like the zombie stuff, this was actually a really fun horror movie by way of DC Comics. It's an alternate reality where something happens with Darkseid and the anti-life equation and then produces these rage-fueled zombie-type monsters. They're not zombies because they, they're not dead, but they are angry and bitey. Okay. So, yeah, if you do want some zombie stuff, it's a six-issue miniseries that just started, and it's called Deceased. Also, I'm a sucker for that pun title. So, um, I like that a lot. Which so, you might want to check that out, but You might want to spell it. D-C-E-A-S-E-D. D-C-East. Yeah, so it's... Deceased. Deceased. Yeah. yeah. Well, but the real... It's not... You know what I mean. Yeah. So, anyway. I Eventually, I may check out Kingdom, um... But it sounds interesting, at least like the yeah. set, whole setting of it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's going to be, you know, it's Korean, mm -hmm. it's probably good action. Yeah. So if nothing else, it might, That's it, true. It, it might be worth worth a watch. It might see how it sinks in. And if it's a Korean, it's probably not a whole lot of episodes. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody check it out. Hey, JD. Hey, Len. Do you not along with all the millions of podcasts that you do. Uh -huh. Do you not also do a horror podcast? Well, yeah. I, I did a horror podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to say that I do a horror podcast, but in reality, I did a horror podcast. The last episode we did was um, October 2018, when the new Halloween movie came out, mm -hmm. we like reconvened to discuss it because I'm a big Halloween fan. Okay. Um, I want to be doing a horror movie podcast because that's like my favorite subgenre of film. Okay. Uh, besides, I guess superheroes now, which is a, a, an entire genre unto itself. Um, I love horror movies and I love talking about them. So I kind of want to get back into it. It's difficult to get all of the same people back every time to talk about it. Why do you ask me? Go. I had a discussion on the Michaud mission, the most mm -hmm. recent uh, episode, because um, a couple of episodes before, we reviewed the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yeah, all right. Eddie Murphy movie. Sure. And I made a comment in there about how that was Eddie Murphy's first sci-fi, true sci-fi movie, right? Before Flubber? Okay. Um, that was sci-fi, wasn't it? I, one, I don't think he's done Flubber. Wait, who is Flubber? It wasn't Eddie Murphy. Oh, shit. Um, oh, my God. That was Robin Williams, wasn't it? Was it? Was he in the remake of Flubber? Ah, shit. Anyway, again, go I ahead. I don't know, but I'm anyway. A dummy. But so, so me and Vince on the Michelle Mission, we got into a little bit of a, uh, a thing because someone wrote us in saying, hey, 
wasn't um what was it that they said wasn't the golden child science fiction and i said well the golden child is maybe more fantasy that's a fantasy movie more fantasy based that's not sci-fi but then somewhere amongst the discussion as me and vince started talking talking it out we got onto the nutty professor that's the one i'm thinking of and vince was saying that he was felt like the nutty professor was science fiction because it is about science running amok right yeah and i said okay maybe by the strictest sense it's science fiction. However, because, as he even pointed out, that movie is kind of like a reworking of Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. I said, if anything, that falls more in line with horror because oh. I see Jekyll and Hyde as horror sure. as opposed to science fiction. And he was like, no, it's science fiction. I was like, okay, a movie can be two genres, but I think it leans more horror than right. science fiction. I think it's certainly 60-40 or 70-30 uh, in favor of horror. I think you could say that Jekyll and Hyde is, you know, 70-30 horror sci-fi, right? Right. Because he's using a scientific method to achieve uh, the transformation that makes it a horror film. So by that definition, would you not say that The Nutty Professor, mm-hmm. while yes, technically being science fiction leans more into the comedy or domestic comedy as far as a genre. Of course. So you wouldn't necessarily say this is a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I think if you're going to answer this question, you gotta. I'm going to place myself within the confines of, let's say, blockbuster video. Kids, ask your grandparents what a blockbuster video was. Um, if I'm working at the blockbuster video and someone comes into me and they say, I want a sci-fi movie, I am not going to take them to The Nutty Professor. Right. If people say, I want a comedy, I'm going to take them to The Nutty Professor. Well, I wouldn't do it anyway. But you know what I'm saying? Right. It's definitely a comedy more so than it is a sci-fi movie. I'd say 80-20 comedy right it now conversely adventures of pluto nash not that you would ever recommend this to anyone nope but if you were to if someone came in looking for a sci-fi comedy that yes pluto nash fits in because it's probably more 50 50 both ways yeah yeah that was my point no i agree vince did not agree oh damn it vince he also thought that frankenstein is more sci-fi than horror i could see that I haven't seen the Nutty Professor. I get the ratio is closer than Jekyll and Hyde. I would say. I guess I don't. Maybe because Frankenstein is considered one of the classic horror movies. Mm -hmm. To me, it just rings horror before I think of sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely horror before sci-fi, but I would say the ratio is closer. Closer. The percentages, but still leans towards horror. Oh, for sure. Okay. Oh, for sure. Um, So so JD. Hey, yes. Maybe you could bring the horror, what was it called again? It's the Cannibal Horror Cast. The Cannibal Horror Cast. Maybe you could bring it back to talk about the It movie now that it's coming out. Yeah, I could. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, The It trailer dropped today. In lieu of not having a Cannibal Horror Cast episode to talk about this on, I'm going to make you guys talk about it with me. Full Um, title. Full title, It Chapter 2. That's right. Um, Which I like. I like. Now, did you two see It Chapter 1? No. All right, you're out. Len. No. <laughs> Why did you think about it so long? Because I had to remember whether or not I saw, I didn't, I, I saw, like, I was in a room while it was playing. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Were you making out? 
I didn't see all of the movies. Okay, all right. So, um, wow, so I'm talking to nobody about this movie. So, uh, all right. Not, but I've seen the trailer for It Chapter 2. Yeah, same. Uh-huh. As a trailer, do you find it to be effective as oh, a trailer? Oh, it was very... It, you know what? It's very, very effective. Mm -hmm. I think it goes on for a minute too long. I see what you're saying. I am. I think it touches. It's it's right at the perfect length because uh, the trailer starts off with a scene from the book, mm -hmm. which was not in the original miniseries that aired on television back in the eighties, nineties, eighties, eighties, late eighties, and uh, it's it's um, Bev. Bevy is a grown woman goes and visits her, visits her her childhood home where her father abused her, and there's a new there's a woman who lives there now, and um, they sit down for a nice cup of tea, mm -hmm. and. What I respect about this trailer is how long they sit on that scene with you. Yes. Um, that's what I like about it. It wasn't a bunch of quick cuts until the end. Right. Uh, it's mostly a scene. And then it sort of gains pace and kind of does a crescendo of uh, horror and then leaves you um, finally revealing Pennywise in the second movie. So I really like the pacing of this trailer. I think it's really well done. And it's there's such an interesting couple of things that are happening just within that vignette of that scene with the old woman where it's a little sweet, it starts to get creepy, and then you start to see from, uh, I guess, a bird's eye, not a bird's eye view, but you're like looking past the shoulder of Bevy into a dark room mm -hmm. where the woman has gone to get the cookies or the tea, et cetera, et cetera. And you're seeing just tiny glimpses of what the woman's doing back there. Yeah. Which is so off kilter, it's funny. Yes. The stuff she's doing back there is very playful. Mm-hmm. And is just there for the effect of the audience, not for the character, Bevy. So Pennywise is very specifically doing things for the audience. Right. And having fun by himself uh, as this this um, old woman character. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also, while it's comedic, it's very unsettling. Yeah, and I was going to say that you put it right there, unsettling, I was going to say uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It is... Um, and the fact that they do take that time with this scene, like, for me, as someone who hasn't sworn off but tries to be very diligent about how much or... Uh, or how many trailers for mm. a thing I see. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing that one scene, that was enough for me. Like, watching that, and I was like, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. Rick? All right, well, before we move on, Brandon, how did you receive the trailer? I liked it. I didn't really care that much about the opening scene. Uh -huh. To me, it was it that felt like slow, honestly. Yeah. But once it started cutting to like the different scenes, like the more like a normal trailer. Yeah. That's the stuff that I, I felt I was into. Okay. Cool. Are, are you going? Are either of you planning on seeing either of these movies in the future? Has it piqued your interest? It piqued my interest. Okay. So I might go see it. I because I love the original it. Well, the new chapter one. It. Chapter one, yeah. Yeah. I might read the book because I really like the Dark the Tower series. So 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 good. Yeah. So 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 good. <laughs> it's one of my two favorite Stephen King novels of all time. That and eleven twenty two sixty three, which is a time travel story about uh, trying to save JFK. Did you ever mm -hmm. watch the series? I did. It was cute. It tried. Um, did not succeed. It was did fine. Did not stick the landing. What is what's his name? Harry Osborne. 
James Franco. James yeah. Franco uh, is more of a comedic actor for me than he is a dramatic actor. I've liked him in some dramatic stuff, but I feel I feel you. The tone of that show kind of like I wasn't feeling it. It was trying, but it never quite got there. Yeah. It yeah. always felt like people acting like they were in the '60s then being in the '60s. Like, like real. You didn't yeah. really feel. Felt like cosplay. Yeah. Hey Grace, since you're just hovering around, do you want to come talk about uh, it? Trailer two, chapter two, trailer. I have never been so excited for a movie in my entire life. Not Harry Potter, not Star Wars. Really? Nothing has compared to how excited I am for this film. Well, And that is because the book is your favorite Stephen King novel? It's definitely my favorite Stephen King novel. It's also just one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. I think it's a perfect book. Okay. Um, and I did not really like grow up reading Stephen King. So I saw, I read the book two years ago. Oh, I yeah. saw the film and um, I was like, what the fuck? That was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then read the book and I care about that story just oh uh, so much yeah i'm, a, I'm <laughs> screaming into the kids. microphone i love those kids yeah they're, they're a lot of fun to spend time with i think my only problem with it chapter one the film is i wanted it to be longer i wanted huh. i could i could yeah more i could have hung out with those kids and their their um navigation of Derry and of their childhoods and their fears a little bit longer maybe another half hour would have been solid for me i love that criticism yeah i certainly wish there was more just because i love it so much yeah i just want to spend more time in that i mean i will say space. it's it's definite that they're doing flashbacks yeah well from the trailer it looks like definitely yeah. so all of those kids went back to film good um yeah. so that's they're super also exciting good Including those actors are great some I don't know. I'll say no no more. Okay. No more. Okay. I don't want to say any more. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm 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 really glad they're revisiting with uh -huh. the kids because yep. yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. The kid who was also in Shazam, Jack Dylan mm -hmm. Grazer, like I would could watch him t read his grocery list yeah, and I would think really he is talented. the funniest person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he's charming. Um now did you think it was an effective trailer? Have you know, so a little bit of backstory. I saw Grace on the street earlier this morning and we made a date for noon to watch the trailer when it drops so did it are you did you think that it was an effective trailer i think that it was effective i did like how long it was but mm. that's one of my favorite scenes from the book so creepy so i i was like oh you know the second the second they showed the old woman i was like i know what scene this is yeah, yeah. i'm really excited i think that is a little misleading there's um, the clips that they show of of the adults are a little uh I think intentionally confusing about mm -hmm. what the plot is, which okay. is exciting. Yep. Like, because not everyone's watching with a notepad going, oh, yeah. oh, this is this scene in the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just really excited. I mean, the since they announced the casting, it's just been like, this is what perfect. What an all-star cast of those adults, too. And a lot of them are like the actors that the kids chose. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, so the kids like almost like cast themselves as adults. So when what? exactly when the when the film came out, they were asked like, who would you want to play the you know twenty seven years later version yeah, yeah. of you? And almost every almost every choice is what the kids chose. Well, I know Bill Hader definitely. Bill Hader, yeah. James McAvoy, uh, Jessica Chastain. So Jessica Chastain was who um, Sophia Lillis, I think. That's who she chose, and and James McAvoy was not the choice. I actually would have to look it up, but he's like one of my favorite actors, so I'm obviously thrilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Also lives off. in Philly, so yeah. I like love seeing him in anything. Bill um, Skarsgård, James. Well, of course he's he's Pennywise. James Ransom. So he looks exactly 
like the kid he plays. Huh. And he was in, gosh, he is not in some horror film, James sure. Ransom. Uh, he was in the, mm, he was in a wire. Oh, he plays Ziggy in a wire. Oh my God. In the second season. The only person. Oh, is that the guy who dies? The junkie? And he was in Sinister and Sinister, Sinister 2. I'm thinking of Sinister. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah, that film freaks me out so much. Um, so I just think the casting is incredible. The only person I was surprised by is like they, they not, they didn't choose an unknown for the grown up uh, Ben, mm-hmm. but it's not who I would have expected. Jay Ryan. Yeah, like he's a TV actor, and uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor, the kid who plays Ben Hanscom, chose Chris Pratt, actually, ha! which I think yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but this is way past our budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every, they could afford McAvoy and Bill Hader, but they were like, no, we draw the line on Chris Pratt. Sorry. But I'm actually glad. I'm, I'm kind of, it's so it he's, been distracting. In, he's in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have been yeah. distracting. Um, the so, only thing I'll say, and this is a personal preference, is I have never been emotionally invested in anything Jessica Chastain has done. Really? So really? I would have gone Amy Adams. I Ooh. felt that way. I will say this. I felt that way when I saw that Sophia Lewis wanted Jessica Chastain. I was like, no, she looks exactly like Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. I think Amy Adams is incredible. I felt and the she exact played young Amy way. Adams before. Yeah. But that was before. I think I think that she made this casting choice before. Before that came yeah. out, so I felt the same way, and then I started watching more of Jessica Chastain's work yeah. intentionally, and was okay. like, "Okay, she's incredible." Okay, I've always yeah. found um, her a little dry, but maybe that's because I've only seen her in roles where she's like some sort of military person. Right, oh, right. So well, she's yeah. Asshole. You need to see some more of her work. Okay. I think. Um, yeah, I like, to see I like some you more. Should see Molly's. Did you see Molly's, Molly's game? Molly's, oh, that's just what I was about to say. You need to see Molly's. There game. are so many reasons to see that film, including the fact that her wardrobe is amazing. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, they really. Yeah. Uh, what am I confusing you with? There's right. a Gerald's game. Yeah, Gerald's you're game. thinking yeah, of Gerald's no, game. Yeah, yeah, you're greatly confusing it. Okay, no, okay. No, which um, Molly's name is Aaron Sorkin's Aaron first. Sorkin. It's his directorial. Based debut. on a true story. I love Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Based oh, on a yeah. true story. That's a great film. I think it's on Netflix. I will is watch it? that. Oh my I think gosh. it's on Netflix. You've convinced me. So yeah, let us know what you think after you see that. Okay, thank you. Um, I have to go hop in an Uber. All right. Cannot wait for this film. Glad that I got to just jump in and, okay. and nerd out about this. Well, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back when the movie comes out and and. Give Jump all in my again. Cry, cry on podcast. Yes. Okay. Doodles. Bye. Um, so, Brandon, you had something to say? Uh, I wanted to know Len's thoughts on Heroes in Crisis. Oh. But before we go there, Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, is Mother's Day. Yes. So we want to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all of those mothers out there. I don't want to wait. I've got two of them. It. Happy Mother's Day to both of my mothers. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Because most people only have one mother. Yeah, well, I'm a special boy. You are. Fun fact. When I... You came out in parts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some assembly required. (laughs) When I moved into college, my aunt helped us move in. It was me and my mom and my aunt. And she introduced herself to my roommate as my second mother. And what she meant was, like, she's helped raise me. Like, she and my mom are real close. But, of course, my roommate interpreted that as they were married. Um. And I was like, like, he didn't ask about her or anything. He was just like, okay, cool. And then after they left, I was like, she was my aunt. Like, let me just make good. He's like, oh, I thought that they were, like, married. They were together. So, yeah, that was a fun story. That's cute. So, wait, where are we heading with this, Len? 
Mother's Day? Yes, it is Mother's Day. So I wanted to say happy birthday or happy Mother's Day to all of those. Uh, yeah, not all mothers, mothers are born on the same day. <laughs> They're not yeah. um, out there who are fans of Gutter Talk. And for understand, Brandon had a Mother's Day conundrum that he posted. Oh, here we go. I did because, so as you all know, recently DC has introduced Wally's kids back into the picture. And I'm just wondering... What do you think about that? Like, no, that's not the conundrum you wanted to bring up, Brandon. You're no. wasting airtime with your shenanigans, well, Brandon. It's Lynn's idea. Okay. So I'm going to, I guess. Here it is, J.D. <laughs> Thank you, Len. I'll put it to you. God damn it. So Brandon is um, wants to celebrate for Mother's Day uh-huh. for his mom. So he, he's got a, three, a three-pronged approach to how he's going to celebrate Mother's Day. Okay. Now, one is that his mom has a tablet that she bought a while ago. Sure. That for whatever reason she didn't use and she tried to charge it up and it wasn't working. And it seems to be an, an issue with things. And she asked Brandon if he could, like, you know, because she has to fill like, out some kind of claim form because she had some insurance on it, if he could do it for her. He farted around, never did it. So now for Mother's Day, He's going to fill out the claim form. Nope. So that's, Continue. That's one. Yeah, we're crossing that one off the list, Brandon. <laughs> the second thing is that he's going to give her a card, uh-huh. a Mother's Day card, uh-huh. and he's going to put $23 in it. Because he's sit- 23 years old? Re- yes. So she's, she's been a mother for, for 23, 23 years. years. All right. We're getting somewhere. It's okay. a little bit better. Alongside that, He's going to take his mother out for uh, lunch. For lunch, possibly after going to church with her that morning, because mm-hmm. she goes to church every Sunday, and he usually does not go. But he wants feels like he may want to go to spend her. time and do the thing that she likes to do. Right at church. So right. now, what I've advised him. Okay. One, the claim form thing, just do. Just do it. That's not a present. It's not a. I present. already did it. Good. Great. All right. So don't give her like a PDF of it for Mother's Day. Um, Framed. <laughs> Screenshot of you doing it. Like sliding under a bedroom door, <laughs> you know, like with yeah. some art with breakfast. Yeah. Um, but two, I also said, give her the card. Don't worry about the money. Mm-hmm. Just give her the card and spend the day with her. Yeah. Take her to lunch because you going out of your way to to be, to be present with her and spend uh-huh. time with her and she'll already know that you're spending money taking her to lunch mm-hmm. that's all she's going to want and right. that's what she'll really appreciate it's true that's all she'll appreciate I think that the $23 is cute especially that's what if it's I said. ones also I should point out as far as the um, claim form thing, like she's done something like that before. Like she's given me like a receipt and been like, hey, I ordered this thing for you. It's not here yet, but it's coming. No, that's different ordering a thing. That's not a claim form. It's totally different, Brandon. Yeah. Okay. How long ago was this supposed to happen? Yeah. And when it did she really first matter. ask you to do it? Yeah. Uh, well, she sent me the email with the receipt for me to do it like January. Nah. Yeah. That's not a Mother's Day present. <laughs> yeah. That is not a Mother's but Day But I'm doing present. it now. Yeah. <laughs> No. Just do it because you're a good son. Okay. Yeah. Um, I no. think the $23 is cute because it's a cute little I think thing. it's cute. Yeah. I just don't think that it's... It's not necessary. It's not necessary. But it's a cute little add-on. It's a cute little thing. Mm. It's a cute little story for her for her to tell her friends. Oh, look what my son did. It's cute. 
Isn't this cute? My my son did this. She's not going to, but she's not going to mention it twenty three dollars. She's going to mention going. She's going to. Well, we know your mom, but she (laughs) she's wonderful. I know. Mother's a goddamn saint. Her and Dorothy Mantooth, both saints. I don't know who that is. That's a that's his other mother. (laughs) It's you. (laughs) It's my third mother, Dorothy Mantooth. Um, she she's going to mention to her girlfriends about I spent the the day day with Brandon. There's so many things that are tying in right now. So we were talking about zombie books, zombie movies, which then got us into Deceased, which is a book that's based on zombies in the DC universe. The alternate cover for that book um, has a It poster, right? Uh So, uh, which we were talking about the It trailer. Yes. And then Grace and I... Uh, who you just heard on the show, when she comes back, she lives in L.A., when she comes back in July, I think, we're going to get matching It tattoos Mm -hmm. from the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that brings us to Leonard's query, which is, I believe, you have a long-term friend. I have a long-term friend who is going to be going on a vacation with, um, I just found out, actually, going on a vacation with... Me, my my girlfriend, and a, and a group of people in August, and because we're kind of like reconnecting over this vacation, and we're going to the Caribbean, thought that it might be a cool idea because I mentioned to her that me and my girlfriend, while we were there, were going to get matching tattoos. We thought that we might, me and my friend, might get matching tattoos as well, is in you know a commemoration of our friendship. Now we don't know what the tattoo is going to be. We going to decide it over the time but we, we thought about doing that and i mentioned that to my girlfriend and she um she was upset she does she's not she's not with it at all i understand where you're coming from i, I think it depends on the person i think it really it depends how much you care about the tattoo like is the tattoo well i guess the person you're getting the tattoo with like which one do you care about more I care about them both. Well, that's why I said actually the tattoo. It's more like, oh, no. I... Cool. So what I was saying is, that's why I was saying about the tattoo specifically. I think, like, it depends what's more important to you, getting the tattoo with your friend versus keeping your girlfriend happy. So that's my opinion. Well, they're both important to me. And, and to me, I'm doing both. I'm honoring both. I'm getting a matching tattoo with my girlfriend. We talked about it. And oh. I'm getting a tattoo with my friend. I could also see why, because that was my first thought, too, when you first told me the story. I was like, well, if you get one with your girlfriend. But then, in her eyes, I feel like you getting that tattoo with her is undercut. Yeah. The specialness of that is undercut by you doing it with some, quote, unquote, other woman. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't think it should be an issue, but I can kind of see how it might be. Um, I would. It's one of those things where I get it, but I would hope it wouldn't be a problem. Do you see what I mean? I see what you mean. Like it shouldn't be a problem, mm-hmm. but I can get how it could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's that thing of like, you're your own person, and you've got your relationships with people that you have a relationship with, like who are important to you uh, as as an individual, right. and. The fact that I have a friendship, quote unquote, I have a friendship with this person does not undercut the fact that uh, I'm with you and I love you and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of lot of things here. How, how do you feel about it? You feel like it's just a friend thing and it shouldn't be an issue, but here we are. Yeah. Um, 
like I'm very I think back there was a time years ago when I was dating someone who moved in with me at the time right and at that time I had kept a lot of pictures that I had of like old girlfriends that I had and stuff like that. Right? Yep. And I and, and I didn't have them like on display. No, I had I just them kept them. Had them in a drawer. Same. Whatever. Same. Out of box. And you know she found it. Got you know felt some type of way like why are you holding on to these? My argument was like what? It's some old pictures. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you know memories. Whatever. And I talked to my sisters at that time because I have I have a twin sister and I have an older sister. And mm-hmm. I talked to them both at that time. And they both were of the mindset that she was right and that I shouldn't keep those pictures. And I begrudgingly threw those pictures away. Yeah. And I quickly realized that that was the wrong move. Yeah. And it was at that moment where I determined that I'm going to live my life like how I feel I want to live it. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to try and malicious, be malicious to anybody or hurt anybody's feeling. I'm always going to try to see the other person's point of view. But if I honestly feel that your point of view does not necessarily run concurrent to mine, mm-hmm. you're just not seeing my point of view, I want to stick with my point of view. Yeah. I want to get a tattoo with my with my friend. This is a friend who I, I, at the time that we were really tight, we were like best friends. Life happens, we fall out of contact. Boom, we're back in contact. I want to kind of commemorate that. It coincides, coincidentally, I had no idea, with a vacation I'm taking with my girlfriend where we had already planned to do this, to this thing. A thing that we've kind of talked about doing at other times and it just kind of fell through and now it's landing on the cruise. So I want to do it, do it then. Also, there's a part of me that's like, you know, maybe in doing this is a way of kind of like helping them kind of like connect as as well. My girlfriend is one of those people who staunchly feels that men women can't really truly be friends that's some bs mind you my girlfriend is someone who originally was my friend dude <laughs> uh. so i'm like, like, like what are you talking about Wait, but that- because she was my friend this is why she doesn't believe so because yeah she because she, she eventually was not your friend and that's what she and always that's what's want. going to happen and I'm like that. It kind of works both ways on that one. That's a double-edged sword. For yeah. Sure. So, yeah. but I I have my feeling about it, and I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah. Had you said, "Hey, hun, when we're on cruise, me and JD are gonna get matching tattoos," she probably would have nothing to say about it, right? Like it's the fact that it's a woman, and that's a bummer. oh yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. And and. I have a lot of girlfriends. I have a lot. Well, you just said you're, you, Mr. Married, are about to get a matching tattoo with one of your friends. Yeah. How funny that this came up on the same day. Yeah, because, uh, and Sushan, my wife, uh, was here when all of this transpired. And I said, how do you feel about me getting a tattoo with Grace? And she was like, all right. <laughs> so, okay, I don't care. So, um, yeah, I have, and I don't know if you heard, as Grace was leaving, I said, love you, bye. You probably could not do that with your friend, right? 
Oh, I've said with, love you to my friends. With your girlfriend near? Have you said I love you to a female friend while your girlfriend is there? Yes. Oh, oh, so? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't do... mean I haven't sometimes heard something about it. Oh, I see, I see. I see. <laughs> but I've said it. I see. Now, the difference is I will give you this, and I know people have tuned it. I thought this was gutter talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. The difference is I will give you is that while we have been together for five years, she is my girlfriend. Yeah. She's not my wife. Or, yeah, fiance. And there's a difference. Or fiance. That's yeah. what you got to do. And, d- d- you know, fuck it, put it out there. I don't want to get married. Yeah. So there is a difference there. I see. I see. You that's know? true. Man, that's a, that's a tough spot. No, it's not. For her. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. Ooh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta touch back on this when you come back from your cruise. I want to hear how everything goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna go get a matching tattoo with um, with uh, my friend Grace. Uh, I'm excited about it. I, I hope yours do- goes well. I hope so too. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but yeah, because this is gutter talk, we should probably talk about some. We probably should get into the comics. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the it trailer. Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Another DC. Event miniseries. Uh, mini yeah. So we have talked ad nauseum, Len and I, I believe, on this show about our favorite Flash is Wally West. Yes. And how Barry Allen is just a bucket of who gives a crap. Don't, do we need to point out, and I do, only because if you're a reader of comics or have watched the television, that the Wally West that we're talking about is the original Wally West that was created back in the not, 60s. Yes, not Wallace actually, West. Not Wallace West, but Wally West, a white guy. With the red hair. Right. Yeah. So also, spoiler alert for Heroes in Crisis number eight. Yeah. Yes. Big re- big revelation. Not a big surprise. Well, first Heroes in Crisis, the miniseries, is about... Uh, a place where superheroes go in order to receive treatment for PTSD and all the other emotional stuff that may accrue while you're fighting crime and jumping realities and having crises and all that sort of stuff. All of the fallout from that mentally. Um, Tom King, the writer, said, you know what? This would be a good idea. We should probably have a place for these characters to go when their entire family gets sucked out of existence. Maybe they want to talk to somebody. Maybe they want to deal with some therapy. And so they created this place called... The Sanctuary. Sanctuary. And it is a place... I'm, it seems out in the Middle West somewhere. Yeah, it's in the Middle West or like... like I guess Midwest, like it seems like it's yeah. like in Kansas. Yeah, it's probably like near Mon Kent, Mon Pot Kent, like yeah. near, near Smallville. Which is another weird choice. You think they would put it like somewhere safer, like the Fortress of Solitude? So while it is mostly about, or partly about that, I was kind of hoping it would be more about that. It's less about that and more about the murder mystery. Everyone who was there at a particular day winds up dead, mm-hmm. and so it's this big who done it of at least eight issues. And um, we finally find out there are all these red herrings about the well, Harley Quinn and about Booster Gold. Yeah. And I was just going to say, yeah, most of the book has been like hinting at Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. We spent a lot of time with both of those characters. Yep. With both of them not sure if they were the ones who did it mm-hmm. or if the other one was the one who did it. And every all of the heroes thinking one or the other did it. So. Yeah. And then, big spoiler alert. Um, it's revealed in the newest issue from a couple weeks ago that Wally West, beloved 
Flash character. The original, original Kid Flash. Um, he's the one who did it. He, well, okay, so he had a family back before the New 52. He had, he was married to Linda Park. He had two children, Jay and... Irie, I think. Irie. Right? Okay. Dumbass name, Irie. Get out of here with that. It's just Iris. Um, it's Iris, except we made it Irie. And um, I just hated those kids. I hated them. Why? When they, I guess Mark Wade, it was a big deal because Mark Wade is a big, he was a big flash writer for, yes, for about time. 10, 15 years there. Mm-hmm. And he finally came back to the book and his big addition was to, up, oh, up, oh, the flash had children. And God, did that bog down the book and I really hated it and I really didn't care. So when they finally got rid of him, I was very excited. And then the rebirth happened. Right. New 52 happened. He was just, he was gone, right? They, and then, and got then rid of him. the rebirth happened five, six years later, and then they brought him back. And I was so excited. Yeah, he's back. But and mind you, they brought him back after they created a new Wallace West. Right. Yeah. To match the television show. No. Yeah. No. Oh, actually, the television show happened afterwards. Did it? Yeah. He was introduced like a, at least a year or two before the yeah. show. Yeah. I guarantee it was because they knew it was coming. And, uh, and then our, my Wally came back. And our Wally. Yeah, our Wally. And then um, you said my Wally. I did. He's mine. You can't have him. What? So yeah, and then White privilege. so the. <laughs> um, God damn it, Len. Are you guys Get gonna explain the Joker? No, no. Okay. So um, yeah. So they was revealed that they bring him back, um, and they make a big thing about him coming back. But he's a speedster without a place to run. Liz, uh, Liz, what? Linda doesn't remember him. Linda Park still exists. She does not remember Wally. His children are gone. Right, never existed. Yeah. The weird thing is, and this is a problem with DC in general, is that this isn't necessarily completely just the pre-52 Wally. Because, like, in Titans, when it started, which is the book he was in, he had memories of the new 52, despite not having been in it. So it seems like this is a mix of, like, a, a new 52 version of Wally and the pre-52 version. So it's a whole big mess, is what we're saying. Is what it is saying, yes. And then, so all of these things, right? All of these little story elements and and the the way that the character has been going makes sense for what happens next. The fact that he loses control of the speed force and kills everyone at Sanctuary accidentally is not a surprise to me. That seems like the next next logical leap for a character, a damaged character who's gone through all of these things. My problem is with the telling of the story and what he does afterwards. Is after he realizes what he's done. Yes. Because what he does then is basically... What he does then is basically retroactively, you know, set up. Make yeah, he makes it a murder scene. He makes it, it was a, a murder slaughter scene. <laughs> it was a big whoops, right. and then it was like, wait a minute, this isn't damning enough. Hold Let me up. go plant a bunch of evidence, move a bunch of things around, kill a future me from five days from now. Yeah, and bring and him then back. Bring him back here. So let me ask you this, Leonard. Maybe, or Brandon, does anyone have an answer for me? I understand I'm not the sharpest tool in the box. I'm not the brightest bulb in the in the light bulb thing, the light bulb drawer. You know where you keep all your light bulbs. I'm not the brightest version of that guy, right? So um, uh, is there a reason that he does... pretty dim. <laughs> is there a reason that he does not use time travel to just undo the thing he just did? Exactly. Yes. Why does he... What? Flashpoint. 
You can't fix things with time travel. He knows that. You all the flashes. He kills himself. Well, yeah, but that didn't fix anything. I don't know. He tried to fix anything. I mean, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good answer. But he still uses time travel. If, If the answer is he does not do time travel because of this, great. I accept your answer. And we can move on all happy. Except. But, but he uses time travel at all. But why would Flashpoint be a point point for him? Because he wasn't... I just use that. On the Flash TV show, they always use Flashpoint. But in general, like time travel, using time travel to fix things always makes things worse. Yeah. This is yeah. just like a fact with the Flash. Okay, true. But, it's but, a Flash um, fact. But yeah. I'm just saying, but this Flash doesn't know that Flash fact because this Wally West wasn't a part of... Flashpoint. Well, in the he, comics, he might know that Flashpoint is yeah, partly was, the reason he stopped. He wasn't existing. there. That was Barry. Yeah, no, but where was? I don't think Wally was around. He had nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I just—it's frustrating for me. Um, but he knows the time travel messes things up. First of all, you're—you what you're doing is assuming. The reason why he doesn't use time travel to fix it is because. And you wouldn't sorry. have a story. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't have a story. You wouldn't have this dumb piece of shit story called Heroes in a Fucking Crisis. The fucking crisis is that they found themselves in this fucking book. Yeah. And they just, like, I'm not even going to say that they pissed all over the character of Wally West. No. Because they already dropped a load of urine on him mm-hmm. a few years ago. When they got rid of him, and then they there's a whole Trump tape about it. Yeah, and they co-opted his whole <laughs> his whole personality and stuck and stuck it on the mannequin that is Barry Allen. Nice. So they've already done that to Wally. They did our boy dirty for sure. Yeah, but what they have done is they have taken a huge piss then a dump on. I'm sorry, all of you DC readers who fell in line with Heroes in Crisis and bought those first couple of issues, Randy, and thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread and fell in love with Tom King and made excuses for everything that he's freaking written. The man has written two, two pretty good stories because I read that vision thing that everybody always heralds and it's not bad and his Mr. Miracle while it was a bit of a mind fuck I dug where it was going yeah I like both but of those books but his Batman stuff is is not the 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 uh, it's peaks and valleys mostly valleys it's a whole lot of deep deep meandering valleys yeah. in his Batman stuff. The same in his... Cause what Didn't he write Nightwing for a little bit, too? Oh, did he? I think know. he wrote Grayson. He did write Grayson. He write, oh, wrote Grayson, what? and that meandered around. I That's, hated that book. I know, and now they've got like this big Bible-sized version of it. Like People want to buy that thing. Yeah. Are you out of your freaking mind? And now he's on Heroes in Crisis, and all he's doing is stealing your dough. I... Was one of those people who was enjoying because we reviewed it every time it came out on on Spoiler Alert podcast, and every time the guys were like, "Well, this is pretty good, but this isn't great." And I was like, "No, no, just wait. I think it's I think it's building towards a thing. I think it's all going to work out in the end." And there is still a two percent milk version of me <laughs> um, that goes, "Maybe this last issue because oh, you know what? Let me read you something if I can find it quickly enough. I saw that there was a release today." Saying that Heroes in Crisis number nine, the final issue of the series, series is being put pushed back one week to coincide with something very big that happens in Doomsday Clock. 
So I'm wondering if they're getting a lot of backlash about this particular issue and are saying that there's going to be something in Doomsday Clock that's so revelatory that it's going to retroactively sort of explain what's happening in Heroes in Crisis. Mm -hmm. I am waiting for that before making my final judgment. However, as we sit right now, I am severely disappointed in this issue. I think that um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that just doesn't make, make sense. No, storytelling wise. And um, because I'm not one of those guys who holds a character so precious, right? I'm not sitting right. here going, how, do you, how dare you do that to my Wally? Right. If it's done well and it follows an arc, then I go, well, that was pretty rad. You know, I, I poo pooed Superior Spider Man. Like, oh, they're going to swap brains with Doc Ock and Peter. That's the dumbest crap I ever heard. One of my all time favorite Spider Man stories at this point. Right. So it has nothing to do with a beloved character, it all all to do with the. Um, execution. Way it was execution. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. it I. I uh, read that issue, and I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. It was a bummer. The it's, second he took, like you said, the second he says, "You know, it's an accident," and because he's he's damaged, mm -hmm. and I hear you, you're damaged, you're going through stuff, mm -hmm. you know, all right. But then he tries to cover it up, mm -hmm. and part of the cover up is to kill himself from the future mm -hmm. and bring it back to the past. I'm like, yo, are you mm -hmm. serious? Are we really serious? So, so bad. Like mutilates bodies. Cause oh, that's right. Go it's ahead. It's not said in this issue, but in the previous issues, like among other things, they find chattering teeth in one of the heroes like down his throat, which was to make it seem like Harley had stuffed it down his throat. But now we find out that that means Wally took like a toy and stuffed it down a hero's down throat. Down a corpse's at some point. throat. Yeah. In order to frame Harley Quinn and Booster Gold. Yes. He's like framing people. Which is funny because I just saw something yesterday. Um, it was like an article about how Tom King loves Booster Gold and how he just <laughs> loves the character. I mean, he, the Booster Gold character has been fun to read in this story. Mm. Um, he's definitely zany. He's a little off his rocker. He's not well. Um, so that's been fun to read. But, oh, man. What a bummer this issue is, this whole thing. Uh, I'm, I like the art. Yeah, Clay Mann did a really nice job. And Mitch Gerards did this one, I think. Mitch Gerards, yeah. I'm not a, I prefer the Clay Mann stuff. Because mm. apparently, I think, a couple of these issues were supposed to be one-shots that go along with the series. Right. Indeed. And instead, they just extended the series and put those as regular issues in the miniseries. Yeah. So, yeah, what a bummer. Yeah, big time. Big yeah. time. So. And, and the thing is, is that hearing everybody celebrate this book i was looking forward to like because you know i'm about to trade yeah oh, when it comes out on trade i'll pick it yeah, up you've been saying that since for a couple months now like yep. i'll pick it up when it comes out and not no more yeah save I'm, my money i'm still curious if it's going to redeem itself i mean in the we, one issue we might not we'll never get it if it's coming yeah. with doomsday clock then we're never going to get it yeah never going to get it never well gonna how get about it. that right now i will say though on your recommendation and not so much you telling me to do this but just hearing you you know go off so effusively about this i recently bought volumes one and volumes two mm -hmm. of superior spider-man hey oh. so i'm i'm actually taking like that on the cruise books for, yeah the books the big, yeah they're, they're publishing these nice bigger books right now yeah so yeah, i'm taking it's fun uh, that is my because i <laughs> i made a deal with my my girlfriend um that on the cruise there are going to be days when you just be just sitting on the on oh, the yeah. on the boat and i said you know I, I bought a whole bunch of comics that i haven't read so i uh i made a deal with her i said i'm not going to bring 
like all these comics, but I'm just going to bring these two books. Okay. And she was like, that's fine. Okay. What are you shaking your head for? What are you shaking your head for, Brandon? It would be a perfect series to take with you on a cruise. What? Hickman's New Avengers, Avengers Run. It's so great. And it's long, so like it's the perfect thing to just sit out and just read in like... It's not fun. I found it super fun. fun. You don't have to worry about it. I'm not buying it. (laughs) Everyone else should read it. If you liked Endgame, you should read Hickman's Avengers Run. I mean, Hickman's Run is good. It's not fun. Yeah, I've read fun, fun Hickman. I've read his uh, his Fantastic Four f- run was fun. I thought. Um, what would you his, say about that, Katie? What was that book? Manhattan Project is kind of zany. Oh, nice. I find no matter what Jonathan Hickman writes, I find it a little dry. See, that's what I'm saying. So if it's, JD, it's Grant Morrison without the fun. I find it fun. If you found, smarter, if you it's found, smarter than Grant Morrison, mm-hmm. but less hallucinatory. If you, you found Fantastic really? Four yeah. fun, I think you would find New Avengers Avengers. Fun. You didn't. Th- you didn't like his Fantastic Four run. I didn't get through it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Actually, I just recently reread John Byrne's Fantastic Four run. Oh, so you know that I would like to read. From beginning to end. Doesn't read that strong. It, oh no! Well, I mean, it's definitely of its time because it's like the eighties, yeah. late eighties, early nineties. I uh, bet it still looked good, though, right? It looks well. The art uh, um, goes up and down because of the inkers. Oh, uh, you know, what so I mean? it's not always Austin. Terry Austin. No, uh, Terry Austin doesn't ink any of it. Oh, and maybe one issue because that's the, Austin, the guy I just Austin, always equate with Byrne because the, because of Austin was his inker on X Men. Yes, um, but on. Fantastic Four, he either inked himself a lot mm. or he had Al Workman, uh, Bob Widacek. He had a, he had different... Milgram? Ink. I don't think Milgram ever inked him. Okay. Or Dwayne inked him a couple of times. Mm. Um, so it goes up and down. Okay. It doesn't read as strong. And I didn't realize he used Dr. Doom as much as he does. Yeah, there's a lot of Doom. It's good. It's good Doom. All you need is a dollop of Doom. You don't want to over dollop your Doom. Well, he, he, the way he peppers him in, it kind of works, but it's. It doesn't read as strong as That's I really a shame. remember. I remember having a very strong reaction like that towards Avengers Forever. Oh, wow. And that was... Uh, Kurt Busick and Carlos Pacheco. Yeah, the Pacheco art was nice. Yeah, man. And the story was a bunch of butts. Yeah. The well, dialogue that's like, was rough. Yeah, well, but that's like Avengers the Yearbook. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean? Like Cliff uh, Notes Avengers. But, uh, all right, so what else we got? We could talk Endgame. We could talk Endgame. We, we could talk about, about Endgame. Has it been Spidey that Man. long? Wait, before we do, because I'm thinking, like, everyone's heard, like, the basic, like, the thoughts about Endgame. Yeah. So I don't know if we need to, like, go through, like, plot detail, like, bit by no, bit. No, no, no. I think everyone knows. Brandon you- producing the show now? Yeah, sure. So we want the camera here. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a one shot. Okay. So that being said, Brandon, what do you propose? Anything. I'm just saying, like, we could maybe talk, like, favorite moments or something. Great. Favorite moments. Here we go. I- Top five moments of Endgame. Top five moments? Yeah. Let's start with Brandon. Brandon, what's your top five moments? Cool. We're counting down. So, so from, from five to one. Okay. I think see. I have a. I think all five of mine might be number one moments. <laughs> There's yo. So real, real quick, real quick preamble as I am apt to do. I do not. I cry very easily. I am a very sensitive sort, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. But that's usually when it comes to sad things and kittens and puppies. Um. If a sad thing happens in a movie, I am an easy mark. 
I get choked up at commercials sometimes. That's how quick I am to to react. I, I got choked up at a commercial. Right? Okay, good. Thank you. Um, Me too. Yesterday. I have very rarely been so excited or um, stoked about a thing and surprised about a thing that I cry. There are at least one moment I can remember that I was so happy and overwhelmed that I had no choice but to cry. My body didn't know what else to do. So that's going to be my number one moment. But so you're talking about what? So there was one moment in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, um, give us a favorite moment. Okay. Uh, you said top five. I don't necessarily know order, but oh, I'll man, just, just say go. so. I don't care. I'm just um, the Hail Hydra moment. I really liked. So good. I liked it for the reference to Nick Spencer's run, and also just because it subverted the expectation that it was going to mm-hmm. be the same fight. I remember sitting there thinking, "Are we going to go through this whole fight again?" I would have been down. Yeah. I would have loved it. It was a great fight, but yeah, that undercutting of that with the humor of and right. and the intelligence of it, like taking a character, having them go through a thing, learn from that thing, and then find a different way out because of their experience. Mwah. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good moment. It was yeah. cool. Um, Len. fan service. Oh, are we okay? Um, the uh, the uh, support group scene. Oh, in the beginning. Yeah. Okay, just, right after the five year. Yeah, I just really, I I really liked that scene. I liked mm-hmm. that they took the time huh. to do that scene and to just have it be a nice quiet scene. I liked. I love. Man, I don't I don't man crush easy, man. But I, I got myself a little bit of a man crush on Chris Evans, man. Chris Evans is just a he's just a solid dude, man. He, he's he's if there is ever another like he may be like the Adam West of Captain, Captain America's. America. Like there cannot be another Captain America. Man. I am going to embarrass myself by saying when he was first cast, I went. Really? Everybody that guy, did. Human Torch, like he's so because he's so good at it. It wasn't because I was like he's not a good actor. Mm-hmm. He's so good at the acting he was doing, specifically regarding Snark and being like the funny guy. Yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent sure he would nail down the earnestness needed to portray a character like Cap. Right. But he one hundred percent is Captain America. Yep. And he's so good in the role that he makes me like a character I don't care about. Mm. I don't care about the comic book Captain America as much, just like I don't care about Iron Man, but because of Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayals, now I love him. Now you like now you like yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, my number five is going to be um, Banner Hulk. I did not see Banner Hulk coming. It's Nobody did. Natural... Re- or, um, Progression. A progression for the character. I'm a little sad that we missed out on the resolution to the Infinity War problem where he could not get Hulk to appear. Okay. He screams no, and he never appears. And now five years later, they're best buds. They're one and the same. No, yeah, that's it. Okay, I was just going to say that that came up. Apparently, that was going to be an Infinity War. Yeah. And they couldn't think of a way to make that work. So apparently, in that final scene in Wakanda, when Hulk, um, is when Banner's in the Hulkbuster, he was supposed to literally bust out of it as the Hulk, and they would have resolved their differences, and that would have been where we first saw that version of the Hulk, which is why Mark Ruffalo's CGI in that yeah. was, was so weird, is because that was a real rush job at the end yeah. to put him back in, uh, yeah. just him. Like, but you know what? I like that. 
I agree with you. Like, we didn't see the resolution. That's kind of like a bummer. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me, I mean, like, you know, they've made the joke, like, there's like a whole Hulk movie that, that's missing, mm-hmm. you know? But there's a part of me that likes that off screen, he had a conversation with himself mm-hmm. and came to grips, like, yo, dude, what? Yeah. Why aren't you coming? Mm-hmm. Like, Hulk scared. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and like, then they just, they just talked it, it out, out. Yeah, worked yeah. it out, and to see the comfort level where he was at that point, mm-hmm. where he's like, he's dapping with kids and stuff, and he gives yeah. gives my man Ant Man like, you know, here, here's another taco. Yeah, yeah. And that I, was great. Uh, that was yeah. great, man. I mean, he uh-huh. was just. Spot on. And I liked also that it gave you a little bit more. It gave Mark Ruffalo, I think, a little bit more to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well as be still be part of the fun. I also like the scene when they go back to New York and he's trying to act like the Hulk and he's just like lackadaisically like punching stuff and kicking things. Well, I like Rawr. that when he's when he's looking at the Hulk like being all smashing. He's, he's like, so, <laughs> so gratuitous. Yeah. He's embarrassed. <laughs> he yeah. covers his face with his hands. Like, ah, yeah. oh, geez. Okay, go. Four. Four. Uh, I guess I'll just say cheeseburgers. I really like that. Cheeseburgers is good. Good scene. Oh, my God. What a wonderful callback. Yeah, because I watched all the movies leading up to... I watched... I decided to rewatch Avengers 1, Cap 1, Iron Man 1, and Infinity War Mm -hmm. leading up to Endgame. So I had just watched the scene with Iron Man like a few days before. So it really hit me. So I really like yeah, that one. That was so it's a callback to the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. but do you know what it actually is a callback to in regards to Robert Downey Jr.? No. So this is the story that I heard, and I, and I may get some of the facts wrong. But at the time when Robert Downey Jr. was... Um, cast. Right, I think it was like maybe right before he was cast. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was a guy that was like down on his luck. Oh, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he had a huge drug He problem. was uncastable for a long time. Right. You know, it had, it had recently gotten kicked off of Ally McBeal after they thought he was going to make a big comeback with that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he I was, he so was happy on there. He was on and Ally. then, like, he got kicked off because he had a relapse. Yeah. So he, um, he, he's driving along and he stops. And he gets a cheeseburger. And he's got a cheeseburger. I think if, if I'm I'm probably construing the uh, misconstruing the story a little, a little bit. But he has a cheeseburger and he's got like drugs on him, right? And he pulls over, takes a bite on the cheeseburger. And he said, oh, my God, it's the worst thing I ever tasted. I think it was like a McDonald's cheeseburger or something like that. Well, let's not throw McDonald's under the bus here. Well, I think, but I think that's the reason. It, mm-hmm. it was specifically like a fast food burger. And he looks at the drugs. And for some reason, that gives him a window into where his life is at this point. Huh. Because he had always loved cheeseburgers. And he went from there huh. and checked into rehab. What? And then when he comes out of rehab, he, he gets Iron Man. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting story. I've never heard that. Yeah. I Somebody just told told it to me like about a couple of weeks ago. It was, yeah, we mentioned it on Gutter Talk. I mean, on uh, Black Tribbles. Yeah, not me, man. It was on Black Tribbles. There That's you go. That's real cool. I like that story. There you go. I like that line even more now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's real dope. All right, go. Okay. Um, We're doing good things, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. 
All right. This is a heartache. But Hawkeye's scene in the beginning. Oh, my God. When he loses, when he, like, as you're watching that scene, him playing with his family, and you see his his daughter shoot the arrow, mm-hmm. and then you see her run off camera. To get the arrow? You know, you know what's going to happen. He doesn't. And by the time he realizes it, you you see like just the the dust. Like he doesn't even mm-hmm. notice that, and because it's an open field, he doesn't even see the dust of his mm-hmm. his wife and his son. They're just gone. Man, look, I, I I shed I shed a couple. Yeah, that that was kind of one of my interior thoughts uh, when we first started the movie. I was like, really already. But I like that because I was already it, because crying. in one moment they brought us right back into the superhero world of it mm-hmm. and the real world of yep. it. You know what yep. I mean? Like t- talking about the real world consequences mm-hmm. of this. Because did you hear on on um, Slash, Slash Film, film? where they talk Peter? I forget. Already or whatever yeah, the, whoever the leader of Flash the EIC. Film. Yeah, he's talking about his theories about the snap and things uh-huh. that happen at the snap. Oh, yeah. Because he's talking about, I don't know if you heard this, Brandon. He pauses like, so what if at the time of the snap, you're piloting an airplane and the snap happens, you go, and then everybody in the airplane just dies. Yeah. However, when you're snapped back, are you now just in the middle of the sky? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions with the snapback. Like, what if someone was standing somewhere and they've like built a building since then? Would they snap inside a wall? Yeah, there's a lot of questions with that. Or suppose you wouldn't snap. You were having sex with your wife. Yeah. And now it's five years later. If she's moved on, and now all of a sudden you snap back in the bed. There's a hilarious comic there where it's a mother and she's pregnant and the snap happens. And then, and it's like a four-panel comic, and you see the mother, and then there's this, you see the snap, and then the mother like disappears, and then there's just a baby sitting there. Yeah, I like that. And he just goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> the baby says, "What?" Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, what a master class on um, tension, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for that first scene, because we know what's happening. And my favorite bit is you never see any of them. Disappear. Disappear. All you see is the fluttering of of her ashes, yeah. and it's that's even more heartbreaking because he didn't even watch her go. She's just and he doesn't get it. Doesn't know. So uh, what? A, what a masterfully crafted beginning scene. Yeah, and love th- it. And then it's even paid back a little bit when he, when Hawkeye tests their whole quantum theory thing mm-hmm. ah. and goes back to the and he runs he runs yep. to his to his uh, daughter. Yeah. And and then he snapped back, and she's uh, like, "Dad." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, my God!" Damn it. My only thing about that is that it feels a little weird that like four out of five people were snapped in like one family. Like I don't know. It just feels like. I mean, that's not really how halves work. It's yeah. not like the snap looked at groups of people right. and went half of this group, half of that group. I get it, but it just it felt yeah convenient that uh, that the whole field of people would be snapped except the one we needed to stay alive yeah and also i feel like if we wanted to talk about black widow at any point i feel like if 
at least one of them had stayed around, that could have led to a different outcome later yeah. on. Uh, mine, my next one is going to be Captain Marvel. Dink. Mm. So there is a big fight scene at the end, and when her, she's going up against Thanos, and I believe he's got the glove on. Yes. And he hits her. Does he hit her with the glove? She's pulling it off. She's he pulling hit, it off, and he yeah. hits her with his regular he fist. No, he head. Oh, he head butts her. That's what it is. He yeah. head butts her, and it literally doesn't even mess up her hair. Yes. It just goes. She just eats that like nothing. what? Just nothing. And then she the, head butts him back. Yeah. And like knocks him on his. But. Well, no, what he does, what he does immediately after that, which I like because it, it really shows the character, uh, the quick thinking monstrosity that Thanos is, after he headbutts her and is quickly dismayed that nothing happened, he grabs the power gem off of the glove and clocks her with just the power gem, which sends her off, you know, into a, you know, into the, the ground. Yeah, but I thought she headbutted him back first. I don't think so. Okay. You might be right. You might be right. But okay. I mean, he got it on for I've a I've only seen it twice. <laughs> so uh, I haven't got everything yet. It's only six hours of one movie. No, I feel you. I feel so, you. So yeah, that I love that. But I, I got chills when she just kind of looks at him like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that too because that was just another little bit of reinforcement about how powerful she was. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that could at least get in a couple of licks actually yeah. in on this ball. You know what I mean? What's your uh, number three, Brandon? <sighs> I guess we're coming down to like the top ones. I guess I'll say I am Iron Man. <sighs> that was real great. Uh, yeah cool scene which i can't believe that that was actually improvised yeah it wasn't improvised apparently it was a late addition yeah they it originally it was going to be he just snaps and there was nothing right and then someone like, in the crew in the edit bay decided um suggested that he say i am iron man and apparently they robert downey jr was like kind of hesitant because he had already started moving on to doing other roles and stuff and they had to like get him back in the studio and everything and do it but of course, he knew that it was right for the character, so he came back. I just can't believe that wasn't in the script. Yeah, it's such it's so perfect. Right. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, I my only little and it's not really a problem, but I will say that my comment about that scene is the very first time I watched it. There's such a pause that I was like, "What's happening?" Because mm. he goes, "I am," and it's a really long pause before yeah, he says, "I'm pretty Iron pregnant." Man. Yeah. So I was like, "Uh." What? Like, and dude. then he says it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because it almost looks like he's, I was like, is he fumbling with something to say? Like, what's mm-hmm. he doing? But anyway, yeah, the, the line itself is it's, so it's perfect. Spot on. I am inevitable. I am Iron Man. Really brings everything full circle. Did you want to bring up the thing from the comics? Inevitable. Oh, yeah. I was looking on Reddit. Yes, I'm a newcomer to Reddit because of Brandon. Um, and uh, apparently it, there's a line in Infinity Gauntlet. I think it's a... Was it Ron Lim? No, he did Infinity War. Was it Perez? Well, they both did that. Did they? Lim um, finished it. Yeah, I think it was Lim, and it says Thanos is inevitable. Okay. So the line actually comes from the book, which I did not know. There you go. Nice little Easter egg. My number three is another Captain Marvel moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. But This is going to be mine probably. It is also the best Superman moment in any movie. Oh, okay. This isn't it. Go. When you see... Captain Marvel, well, you just see her streaking. You see Mm -hmm. a streak just blast through that ship. Mm -hmm. I'm like, she's here. Now, was that a surprise to you? When when all of the guns, remember he's like rain fire, um, and the guns all tilt up and they're shooting at something we can't see through the clouds. Mm -hmm. Did you know it was going to be Cap? Yes. 
Ah. Yeah, when they when they started shooting towards space, I was like, oh, it's Cap. I still didn't know. I was like, oh, is it like it's maybe it's like, like the Nova, Nova Corps or something. Oh, I know. And then when it was there, I was like, oh yes. Yeah. 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 Because I liked it because it was like all of their guns uh-huh. were shooting at one thing and they were like and I loved that they were shooting for a while. Uh-huh. So it meant like they were like probably hitting what they were shooting yeah, at. Yeah. And it was just eating that stuff. Yep, yep. Like, nom 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 nom. Beast. Yeah. She's um, beast. Is it my turn again? And then she came down with a fly haircut. Yo, I like the hair. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, mine was awesome. I feel like we're really on the Captain Marvel tip. But my next one was going to be another Captain Marvel mo- moment. Ooh. And it's just because her line is delivered so charmingly. I got chills and I got a big grin on my face. But Peter is swinging through the battle trying to get the gauntlet where it needs to be. Mm. And uh, Captain Marvel, he's like, he's knocked down. And um, Captain Marvel comes up and goes, oh, he goes, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And she goes, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? (laughs) Yo. Uh. That scene made me think about in the comics where like they were like a little flirtatious for a while. They used, yeah, they were, they went on a couple dates. Yeah. So that's Carol what I was Danvers thinking. and Peter Parker? Yeah. yeah. Peter Parker had a weird thing where like everyone seemed to like him. It was strange yeah. to me. Was he superior Peter Parker no. at that time? No, no one liked superior Peter Parker. Yeah. No, it was regular Pete. Interesting. But yeah, they, I mean, it was a couple of, because they were on the Avengers, the Bendis Avengers together. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... And there's even a cover of like uh, Avenging Spider-Man drawn by the Dodsons. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's her in her big yeah. pose. And like, he's just sort of like hanging onto the side of her. To be fair, it was also it was Miss Marvel, her. It wasn't that's true Captain Marvel yet. Yeah, but still, Carol Danvers is is played as. I mean, I guess it shouldn't mean a thing. But like she's played as older than Peter Parker. A little, mm, maybe a year or two. Well, then they've retconned like a motherfucker. I would think oh. a few years, but not like. I would think maybe three. I would at say most. they're both in their mid to late twenties. Anyway, really? this doesn't no. matter. Carol Danvers is supposed to be up to. Probably closer to age to to Tony Stark. I think now. I think. Oh yeah, I can see that. I think that Captain now. Marvel now feels that way, but the older one didn't. Yeah. I mean, when I was reading it, that's just how I read it. Well, so, no, I well, I'll touch it. Number what two? Number two. Number two. Ooh, it's getting tough. It is. Uh, I got my number one. We may all have the name. I'm curious if we have the same number one. Can we skip to number one? No. No. I'm trying to think. Len, do you want to go while happened. he's thinking? It was definitely an Iron Man thing, I think, but I'm not sure. I'll say when everyone came back. When, yeah. On your left. The portals. I'll say that. Uh, on your left. That was real. I'll be honest. I did not get that reference the first time I saw it. Are you serious? As as obvious as that reference is, <laughs> on your left. It was not? Falcon saying it. Yeah, no. I get it now. For me, get it now. that one is my... One of my favorite moments, and also one of my least favorites, but I'll get to that later. Okay. So it's a wow. tease. Yeah, I did. I did like that. I, oh yeah. I liked. I liked it a lot. Um, you know, you know, you could quibble a little bit with like the logistics, like how yeah. did they, you know, but you coordinate just, all that. Yeah, but you don't care. I saw a meme today, and it was all of the defenders mm. uh, from the Netflix shows, and there it's it was a scene where they're all standing together waiting for something for some reason, maybe an elevator. Oh my god. And so it's basically Daredevil going, "Portal's gonna open <laughs> any minute now." Which is pretty funny. That's part of that's part of my problem, but we'll get to it later. Yeah. All right. Also, just real quick, I love the rescue armor. All right. Well, that could have been a one, but all right. I 
it wasn't his one. It, it came in he with wanted, the, the, the. Just saying, it could have been one of ours. Well, I felt like that was part of the thing because you see it when the, all the portals open up. I hear. I hear you, Brandon. Len. It was number two adjacent for you. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, my number two. I'm stepping away from the battle. Yeah, that's good. A little bit. I'm stepping away from the battle, and it's a real small thing. But I loved the conversation between um, Captain America and Black Widow at their headquarter. Oh, where she's about to throw his, her sandwich at him? about to throw a sandwich at him. Because, one, I love the, the idea that the story took the time, even for, with just a little line item, to recognize that these are weird times. And, like, Cap's, Captain America even mentions that Hey, you know, I've noticed that, you know, the 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 ocean is cleaner, you know. Um, there's, I, there's whales. Yeah, there's whales, you know, like, you know, you oh. wouldn't have seen that happen. I mean, I just I like the I just like that this big bombastic movie took the time to have a, that that quiet moment there. I really loved it. I think the only problem is, is that it takes a little too long. For that quiet time, like oh, the right. first quarter of the movie is like sadness and stuff. But it's impressive that they stuck with it for so long. I felt the movie had some pacing issues overall, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, but all right. So let's see. My number, or number two still? Number yep. two. Falcap. Oh, okay. So it's actually a little bittersweet. So my overall feeling on that is it's wonderful. I love that they did it. What a great scene. And um, my negative with that that comes along with it is the actor, Anthony Mackie, mm -hmm. to me does not feel like leading man Captain America movie actor. Okay. And I just kind of wish instead of Anthony Mackie being Falcon, we had Don Cheadle as Falcon, because then it would be passing the shield to Don Cheadle, who I think is capable of main film actor status because mm -hmm. he is mm -hmm. like I, I can't picture I, what Anthony Mackie movie has he been in the lead in anything I think he's been in the lead in some smaller films yeah but he usually he's usually not the lead in a movie but to your but to your um, against you I give you what movie did Chris Evans lead before Captain America because mm. right around the same time he, that he did Captain America he got Snowpiercer but I think that came was out it? after right did he, was he the lead in Losers? No, no, he's not the lead. No, he, he was, was like the jokey guy in yeah. Losers. I haven't seen it. He was also he was the lead in Push. Not that that matters. I would like but to be. But that's a smaller movie as well. Like I said, Anthony Mackie is the lead in. I would like to be. But uh, see, and I will retort saying that even though he was not the lead, he was a breakout in a bunch of different things. Like, he was the guy you paid the most attention to in a bunch of different movies, right? I don't know about that. Or at least me. I don't know about that. I mean, he may be the... There's one thing that's... There, to me, there's a difference between being the best thing in a movie and breaking out of a movie. Okay. Like, he's the best thing in Fantastic Four. Yeah. But there's nobody doing great work in Fantastic right. Four. He's just the best one there. Yeah. And the losers, you've never seen it, but everybody, it's fun. It's, fun. it's a fun movie. So, so he's probably on the same level as everybody else. Yeah. And as much as people, everybody heralds Snowpiercer, you're not heralding it because of him. Nah. You're heralding it because of the story and the whole spectacle yeah. of it all. You know what I'm saying? I will concede 
that I hope I'm wrong. But the other thing, and but to your point as far as whether or not even Marvel or Disney sees Anthony Mackie as leading man material, he's probably going to be, you know, Falcon Cap mm-hmm. in the Bucky Falcon series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be more TV centric anyway. Yeah. You know, probably. You know, so so to this point, you know, you know. I'll be curious to see if we will get foul cap movies the way we had Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. If we'll have more Captain America movies, I would be fine if we didn't. Yeah, I'd be fine. I mean, I'm the whole idea of Fal- Falcon and Bucky series doesn't really thrill me, but I'm going to watch it and I'm down with it. But um, I'd be I'd be surprised. Like, I don't need to see Anthony Mackie as Captain America. OK. Um, should I do number one or should I do yeah. honorable mention? Okay. Number one is... Honorable mention? You had trouble coming up with a number two. Now you got an honorable <laughs> mention. Well, I have the movie up. And, uh, <laughs> the Hammer for me. All right. Definitely number one. Yep, of course. You like Mjolnir? Mew Mew? Mew yep. Mew. Mew Mew. What yeah. about Mjolnir? I liked when Cap got it because... There you go. Oh, Okay. I needed, like he I didn't say, know what you were talking about, right, Brandon? <laughs> Sorry, I liked the part where Thor stood there for five seconds and waited for it to come to him, and Rocket was like, what's going on? That was my that thing. That was pretty cute. But yeah, I liked when Cap got it. Cause mm, still worthy. I've always, um, I've always liked... I've never read a comic where that... Well, actually, I did read a comic where that happened. But for the most part, I, haven't, I never read the main one. Mm-hmm. So for me, seeing that was real cool. And I expected it. I've expected it since Age of Ultron. So as soon as it fell, I was expecting to see it, but it was still real cool when it happened. And like all the stuff he did with it was just real great to me. So yeah. Well, if you wanted to see it happen in a comic book, you could read JLA Avengers by Kurt Busiek and George Perez. I thought Superman got it in that. Oh shit, you might Yeah, it is Superman. Ah, fuck me. <laughs> I thought you were just giving it back to me. But Oh no, I still haven't read it. <laughs> That's why I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he led me the big omnibus, and I still have, for those who can't see what I'm holding in my hand, um, the JLA Avengers omnibus. Shit, you're right. It was Superman. Yeah, because someone just posted that on Reddit yesterday. In a great yesterday. scene, because he has the, Superman has, uh, has Mjolnir the shield. and yeah. the shield. So it was a great scene. Yeah. The only thing, my nitpick about that scene is that Captain America calls down the lightning. Nope. No. 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 No, and I'll tell you why. Tell me. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Yes, I understand that. That's what is imprinted on the. That's what's imprinted on the on the hammer. However, I believe that it was either in uh, Thor: The Dark World. Yuck. Because I don't think it was in Ragnarok. So I think it was Thor: The Dark World, where no, it was in Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Not the God of Hammers. Right, it's it, the power is in you, yeah, it's Thor. Also but that's in not you. what he said. I mean, that is. But the hammer says you get the powers of Thor. So if the powers are in Thor, then whatever's you, in Thor you should get. be transferred. Yes. No, I don't. I don't. I don't it's buy not, it. It's not. Whoever holds this hammer gets the same powers that the hammer gives Thor. It gets you get the power of Thor. So the p- powers are within him the whole time. But you have access to those powers because you're worthy and you're holding the hammer. Bam! I don't like it. Nope, you're wrong. I don't like it. Brandon, high five. He's wrong. We're great. (laughs) Good high five. Anyway. I'm sure there's a lot of people who agree with you. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, We're at number... One. One. So that was your number one, the the hammer. Okay, all right. Um, 
my number one. Ah, oh, there's there's a lot of good stuff left though. You know what I yeah. mean. However, my number one is the absolute very end of the movie. You pig. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I thought I, I moved away from the microphone. <laughs> I didn't think you would hear it. Fortunately, it was by itself, so I may Maybe try edit to edit out. it out. Um, when Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter oh, God damn are it. dancing, you mother, and they kiss. I was so surprised that we didn't have any overlap, and then that, that was you took both of my overlaps. Oh, sorry. Those are both my number. My number one was the hammer, Cap Hammer, and then he took it. So I went, well, okay, I got my number one, and it's. Peggy and, and Steve. So good, right? It's so... So great. So, so perfect. perfect. I, I love Haley Atwell, so I just oh. love seeing her again. I was so sad when I thought she was done with the series and we exactly. wouldn't see her anymore. I literally was upset. Right. Um, and I love that she had her television show. I was sad that it was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sad to see that actress go off and do some... And Stupid show. Thank you. I didn't yes. want to like poo-poo her work, but like that's a no-name nothing show. Right, um, right. Maybe may amazing, but when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, no. No, it was not good. It okay. was not worthy of her. No. Yeah, of her so, abilities and her charm. And I love, But I love that scene. I love that it is a callback to the end of the Ultimates comic book mm. that um, Millar and Hitch did. I uh, totally forgot that until you just said it. Yep, it's that. It's the exact last page. It's them them kissing. And no it's kidding. their kiss. Wow. It's real. It's fantastic. I loved it. It's my favorite part. Yeah, those are my two number ones. Was Mjolnir? I that is the part that I my preamble from earlier when I was talking about being so overwhelmed and excited by a thing that I was, had, my body had no no reaction other than tears. Was Mjolnir was, really? Was Mjolnir when Cap picked it up. I'm call me stupid. I didn't know it was going to happen. A lot of people were like, oh, of course he was going to pick up the hammer. We saw that coming a mile away. Well, I, well, I know. I didn't see it coming. And, you know, Th- Thor is getting thrashed, mm-hmm. and it starts to move, and it goes off a screen to somebody. Uh, and the way Thor goes, I knew it! Yeah. I knew it. Like, he's so happy that Cap is worthy of his hammer, whereas back in Age of Ultron, he was a little jealous and a little nervous. Right. Oh, my God. What a great, what a great emotional scene. Um, and then the, yeah, the thing with, um, Peggy and Steve, I was just so happy that that's how they chose to end everything Yeah, was to, to zoom in on their kiss and finally getting together, have their dance, Mm -hmm. the dance that they missed. Yep. Um, I need a number one. No, you're going to share my number one. Can I share the number one? You can share number one with me. Oh, thanks baby. <laughs> Man, yeah. All right, I'm just gonna share those number ones because I, I, anything I say after this would be a, a number very you know, anti Number two or number three. Now I will want to. I do want to say though, and I love the whole cat picking up Mjolnir. Loved it. I was with everybody else in the theater, like, oh yeah. I haven't seen a collective applause in a movie so loud mm-hmm. since Shazam. And I'm not oh, going to spoil that moment yeah. for people who haven't seen Shazam, but there's yeah. a moment in Shazam that I can't believe they didn't put in the trailers yeah. that like took everybody's breath away. And this is another scene. Like, mm-hmm. God bless their 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 um, patience, uh, restraint, and not putting this in the trailer. Apparently, it's in a, a commercial. Oh, now? Yeah. What the Shazam? No, the hammer. And the well, Shazam. yeah, but now, yeah, because now it's made two billion dollars. They don't care. They've they got, got all it. the money. They got all the money, but but. The f- I never liked from Age of Ultron 
I like that um, Cap almost picked up the hammer. Yeah. But I never liked that Vision picked it up. Oh. I hated that. I loved it. I hated that. Why is Vision worthy to just scoop it up like it's an ashtray? Yeah, because he's he's a new being. He doesn't even know, right? The way most people interpret it is it's not – he might not be able to pick it up now, but at the time – he was a newborn. He hadn't had anything to make him unworthy. But as he, he wasn't a person. He's a thing. Oh, maybe that's even the thing then. I mean, well, no, because he's a person. I mean, because he's a, he's a, another object. So if you want to go that route, then it's also he's a machine the, picking up another piece of weapon. I mean, they they literally had that conversation at the end of the movie. They were like, vision doesn't count because like, what if an elevator goes up with the hammer in it? Does that mean the elevator's worthy? Like Cap and. Cap, oh, Steven, I forgot they were having yeah, that conversation. Cap, Tony and Thor had that conversation. About Vision? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's well, really mean, funny. No, they didn't mention about they didn't Vision. They didn't mention Vision, but they, it was... They meant about the elevator. Yeah. yeah. But they don't mention Vision. But he's a, he's a machine. Right. Right. So but but to your point, that does illustrate the Vision thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ride with that. Cool. All right. You've uh, earned your place. All right. Do yeah. we have our... Ne- we got... We just get one negative. Oh, there's so uh, many, though. So many negatives? It's such an awful movie. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Brandon. You had me going for a second. <laughs> Um, Negative. Yeah, I got, go? I've, I've got one. Ooh. I've got one. I've got one that I, I, I kind of keep talking myself out of. Um, besides the the problems of time travel, which I'm just going to leave alone because it's time travel movie. You're never exactly. going to reconcile it. No. Um, never going to get it. Never ever going to get it. I made that joke earlier. Did you hear me? Are you referencing <laughs> my joke? No. I said that earlier. Yeah, I, I was doing the En Vogue thing. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, uh, shit. Um, That's why we're partners. It was Fat Sad Thor. I am of two minds of Fat Sad Thor. One is, well, originally it was like, ooh, they're kind of making fun of him being fat. That kind of sucks for people who are overweight. That doesn't feel nice. But giving it more thought, it's more about him and his place. Mm -hmm. I think that any laughter comes from... um, I don't think it's a joke that he's fat. No. I think that um, Rocket Raccoon takes a dig at him because he's Rocket. You know, he makes fun of Carol's hair, right? He, he makes those jokes. Um, but the, where he is mentally yes. makes sense for me. The fact that he failed so heavily and then had five years of nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the guy likes mead. He's going to drink it and he's, and he's sad. And it, it feels more about dealing with depression, and these are the things that happen when you're depressed. Yes. And had it not ended up the way it did, I would be upset with it. More upset with it. But because he gets Mjolnir, he calls down the thunder, his beard gets braided, right? And then he gets a suit on m- magically. He doesn't magically become svelte again. He doesn't get abs. Yeah. He's still overweight in the suit. And mm. he's still worthy while being overweight in the suit. Right. So, yeah... There are some gags about his weight, um, but I think in an overall sense, it's trying to deal with a very specific and serious thing. Yeah. So um, I do feel a little weird about it, but also I'm able to like work my way around it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Yeah. I... Go ahead, Brandon. Um, this, that, now I have one because I had two and that was one of them. So oh, I'm well, just, wait a minute. Before you go to another one, then. No, I wasn't going to another one. Oh, go ahead. I was going to go with that. Is my problem with that, um, in addition to that? Well, no. Never mind. Never mind. 
Because I was going to say in addition to it, but that's not going off your point, so I don't think it counts. How do you do? You, how do you feel about the thing I just said, though? I agree. Yeah? I agree with yeah what you were saying. Okay. I I, I didn't have a problem with it mm-hmm. um, at all. I thought it was smart. I thought it was bold. Mm-hmm. I thought that I actually what I liked about it because it definitely had more of a there was a comedic tone to much of Thor in this. But I thought the 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 comedy came out of where the character was and what yeah. the character was dealing with as opposed to the sitcom that was Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. is why I don't like Ragnarok. And I thought that whatever jokes were made about him and his situation were done in character with the people that made them. They were quick asides and they were the things that friends do not in a harming way. Right. You do it because you're comfortable enough you know your friend can yeah. take it. Yeah. And if anything, you're doing it to your friend in hopes that maybe this kind of like snaps them back Snap to them reality, into, yeah. reality yeah. a little bit. Um, Whoops, there goes humanity. Exactly. And But then you see him... I like that his ultimate dealing with it comes by way of him... Uh, revisiting his mother. Yes. And one, the trauma of all that, you know, you're going back not to just to see your mom, but to see your mom the day she dies. You know what I mean? Um, And then that just being a reminder of all that you've lost. Because this is a man who's lost his entire family, Mm -hmm. his entire world. Mm -hmm. Um, And now is being... Most of his race. Most of his race and is being called on to maybe leads the, the what's left yeah. and he's not even of mindset because he's also dealing with his failure uh, mm-hmm. you know if only I'd just taken a headshot and yeah. I've been you know um, and then who at those dark times just doesn't want to talk to their mom yeah. and his mom is right there mm-hmm. playing that position I thought it was actually really Beautiful, and I I loved what they did. I thought it yeah. was bold and smart. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Should I say my my number? Your negative. My, yeah. my negative. Mine, and you guys are gonna laugh, but this is a serious thing. I wish there had been something referencing the show Agents of Shield. Now, I don't disagree with you. Here's the thing: I don't need to see them because the Russo brothers themselves have specifically said like it would be hard to introduce six characters no one knows. But my thing is. I always think there is a Wolverine, all new Wolverine comic a few years ago, and Wolverine, uh, it's it's um it's Laura, yeah, it's X twenty three at the time. She is fighting Fing Fang Foom, and she's working with Shield. And Maria Hill just on com says, "Hey, tell Fitz I need this thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. Oh, just yeah. like just have just say a their reference. names. Yeah. Acknowledge that they there are, are other." Other actors and whole teams of people working on this universe with you, right? And just just give them a shout out. Especially, just let them know that they're there. Especially because just last season, the Agents of Shield did time travel. I feel like you could have said like, "Oh, there's a paper on this from X Y Z," like when they're doing the time travel, yeah. like working on it. So something, just something like that. Yeah. That's that would have I would have liked that. Yeah, I would have. I was kind of disappointed that we never saw them in Winter Soldier. There yeah. was a perfect opportunity to, even if you had them on set in the background or bring something into the, you know, hand something to somebody, like they're, they're a shield. That would have been 
tricky because yeah. Winter Soldier came out during season one, so they might not have even been like that's cast true. or that's anything. Um, and to your point, I didn't have any problem with Agent Seal not being there. Not that I haven't become, I can't amaze, imagine this, but I've become a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I didn't have a problem with them not being there. Thinking story-wise, if I remember the last season, they spent most of that in space. So they actually wouldn't have been around for this. They would have. Because in the last episode of the last season, they say Thanos is coming. So oh. by this point, they would have been around. You could you could say maybe they were all snapped or something. I just think like if if, if Fury was snapped, I can say they were snapped. Yeah, you know, but but I don't know. I, I either way, I didn't have a problem. Right. With it. But um, I see your point. You know, it, it's cool. Um, my my negative is that uh, there was no acknowledgement of Black Canary's passing. Black Widow. Black Black Widows. I always do that. Black Widow's passing at the end of the movie. With Tony Stark's funeral? Yeah. Everyone, everyone Everyone's together. at Tony's funeral. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I understand the role that, I, that Iron Man and Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr., mm. all three entities, yeah. play with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm. I understand that his should be rightfully so the the send-off that we see yeah but i mean he's world famous right but for for them to like in some type of quick montage scene doesn't even have to have a dialogue for you to just see them all standing around a marker Mm -hmm. of the passing of black widow Mm -hmm. um i think is something that you know that character and scarlett johansson deserved in this movie. Didn't occur to me as I was watching it, but I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even like that she was the one that that died, even though I've talked my way into that making sense to me. But then that's all the more reason for her to have been acknowledged. There's a myriad of reasons that I understand killing off that character that have nothing to do with her being a female character. Um... But um, and one of them is I was sad to see her go. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they killed her is because between those two people, who coincidentally happen to love each other as friends enough to make it a sacrifice when one, you know what I mean? Right. Like they go to the Soul Stone together. Yeah. Thank God for that convenience. Um, but between the two of them passing, I felt a much greater sadness of Black Widow dying than I would have. A uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. So even just from a, a, a standpoint of, of the audience member of like, which one's going to have a greater emotional effect on me? It makes sense. Mm. So, yeah, but at least give her a little bit more than, as Brandon likes to say, a bench throw. Right. Right. Hulk throws a bench into the lake. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of all the morning she really yeah, gets. The, the, the one scene of man pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, even even if because there's, there's even that little scene where right after the funeral. You've got um, Wanda and Clint mm-hmm. sitting there kind of holding hands and talking about their, their lost loved ones together. You could have added a few more people into that and have that be at a funeral for, um, yeah. I almost said Wanda, god damn it, uh, Nat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or they could have been standing at a marker. Yeah. And then you could have just surmised that, oh, they did, the Leafs have something for her yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, but... 
It's or even easier, you're putting off, you're pushing off two, um, you know, the thing with uh, the arc reactor. Right. Right? The little Viking wedding or funeral thing. Just have another one for Nat. Or just you're, the same one. You're pushing off two. Yeah. Or, yeah, have but them like both her be. like sticks maybe under the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking her like, I oh, always yeah. think of her um, zappers. Oh, yeah. They look like web things. shooters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could but, have, you're, you're right, because it could have been, um, because it's not like it was you were at a actual funeral. Right. You know, like at the, at the it was just a send off for yeah, Tony. Right. Yeah, yeah. For so friends and family. So. Yeah. So many really easy solutions to that problem. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, um, anything else about Endgame? No. Nah. But overall overall, good movie. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed it. Um I would give it how many infinity stones? I'd give it six out of six infinity stones. That's one more than the than the gauntlet. Aren't there six? No, there's one, two, three, four, six, five, yeah. six. There's one or six each infinity stones. Oh, that's in right. It's the big one. Yeah. yeah. So that is six. So yeah. yeah, I would give it a good five. Same. Is there a Marvel Cinematic Universe film that has six Infinity Stones for you? Yes. Oh, which one's that? Winter Soldier. Yeah. My, I would put it. I would give Winter Soldier five point five because just nothing's perfect, yeah. and I'd give this five. Okay. Cool. I feel you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You can uh, throw some money at the show if you want to help with uh, Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. You can reach me on Twitter at JD's Hero Complex. And hey, if you like um, goofy Batman stuff, you can follow my Instagram comic strip Batman's Whiteboard at Batman's Whiteboard. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bat Tribble or The Bat Tribble. Oh, and you can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or coldpopgo at gmail.com. Anything, Brandon? Where can they find you on the internet? Um, nowhere on the internet. But oh. you guys can come to the JD shop. Yay. Yay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Da-da!